Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. And yeah, okay. So let's do this. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me, as usual, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo. And today we are joined by one of our favorite people from our Clubhouse channel. And I am talking about Miss Erica Starkey is on the line with us. Hello, Jojo. Hello, Miss Erica. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss Erica, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. The weather is beautiful and I'm here and hoping to discuss this movie in depth. I loved it. Excellent. Excellent. Welcome to Kicking and Streaming. We we, we, we love to have you here. Yes. (laughs) All right. So uh, today we are discussing the Netflix original movie. I don't know why I will say original, but Netflix movie Passing. And this movie is based on a book, uh, I believe that was written almost 100 years ago. And uh, we are going to discuss this because there's much more to passing than what you what you think. And it might well be a book that if you don't know what it's about, if it's not, if it, it just the title wouldn't tell you exactly what you're looking at until you, I don't know, read the forewords or or the synopsis of the book. And much in the same way, the movie probably won't tell you much just by the title until you watch the trailer and you figure out what's going on. But it is an absolutely interesting premise. And uh, I am very glad that we will get to discuss this, especially with the fact that Miss Ohio State herself is here with us. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny you said that because I might actually have the game on in the background. So that's wonderful. (laughs) That's a true fan. True fan. (laughs) When I tell you that she is Ohio State through and two, man, it's just like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Right. So Jojo, let's start with you. I know that we always have this little discussion before the show, but tell me what what are your thoughts on this on this movie, and uh, uh, how did you see it? I thought this was a a very beautiful movie, very complex. I think it was a really impressive debut by Rebecca Hall, and beautifully acted, beautifully written, faithful to the source material. And the nuances and the different emotions and the different feelings and it's it's all captured so beautifully here. And it's it was really interesting to me and really exciting to me to learn that the it was based on a book that was written at the same time that the movie is set, which is in the 1920s. So it was it it made it more 
impactful to me, I guess, if that's the right word, to, to see it through the eyes of those who were living it. Absolutely. Yes. I think, I think you hit on, on some pretty cool notes here uh, in, in your description, in, in the way that you liked it. Miss Erica, it is your turn. Tell me what you thought. I loved it. And for the simple fact that even though it was in black and white, I still felt the emotions of the characters. I saw um, their thoughts in their eyes. They didn't have to say much and you knew exactly what they were thinking or at least what you felt like they were thinking because you almost put yourself into those characters to say, "Okay, this is what I would do. This is how I would think or but but you kind of resonated with you as far as what they were feeling and just speaking through their eyes. And I didn't mind that it wasn't black and white. I love that it wasn't black and white too. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I, like I said, oh, I also had, uh, originally I had read the book from Mr. Graham, Lawrence Otis Graham, and I read the book. So I kind of correlated the book with the movie, but I enjoyed it a lot. You know what? That's that's fantastic because I I don't know that I ever asked you when we talked about the movie. I don't know that I ever asked you whether or not you had read the book. So this is, but for some reason, I did ask you to to be part of the podcast, and it, it is because I knew that you you were going to apport some. Uh, fantastic little nuggets here. So the fact that you've read the book, it is all the more exciting to have you here. So here, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Jojo to go ahead and sort of like synopsize the movie for us. And then we'll jump into the discussion of the movie, what we thought and the acting, uh, the premise. And ultimately, we will do we will talk about the cast. So, Jojo, if you would please take it away, synopsize the movie, tell our audience what this movie is about, please. So, the movie is called Passing, and as we've already discussed, it is based on a novel. It does take place in the 1920s. The title of the novel and the title of the film refers to African-Americans, Black people who had skin color that was light enough to be considered white. That's what the term means is they would pass as, as white people. And uh, the the movie is about a woman who is doing that, who meets an old friend who is occasionally doing that sort of and it is about the the different repercussions in in those decisions that are made to pass and what it was like in the United States uh, at this particular time in the 1920s to to be black yes yes that's in a nutshell wow, what it's all about anything you would like to add to that uh, synopsis Ms. Erica? Oh yeah, that was that was an excellent synopsis. That's exactly you know how I felt about the movie and what the movie was about and everything like that. So that was an excellent synopsis. But yeah, it's just just the the friendship between the two women, the friendships outside, the friendships within the marriage of both of the women. That was something also that I was thinking about too. But that's about it. Fantastic. So the the whole idea of passing. It might be surprising to a lot of people who have never been black. 
<laughs> for people who've been black their, their entire lives, we, we, we have seen this before. And I remember yesterday, Jojo and I had a bit of a conversation about the notion of passing, why it's done and, and how prevalent it is within, in, well, it's, it's everywhere. But I think there's a need more of it. Uh, people feel a need more of doing it in a country like the United States where race is always at the center of everything you do and everything, the way, the way you carry yourself, the way you view, the way you are perceived, the way doors opened or shut in your face. And so, Mr. Ga, have you known anyone in particular? Have you, have you met people who, are, uh, who have dabbled into the whole passing thing? No, I have not, but I've had family members that were light enough to pass. I have cousins that were very fair-skinned, that have blonde hair and blue eyes, and you wouldn't know if they were black. And also my mother, she went to a school with a young lady that was fair-skinned, and she had told me a particular story about the white population thought that she was black and actually had called the school and said, why is this white woman, white young girl hanging out with all of these black kids and come to find out her mother said, well, she's black. And they had no clue all this time. So that's the only stories that I remember my mother telling me, but I didn't know anybody in particular that passed, but I do have relatives that would be light enough to pass. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I was telling uh, Georgia yesterday that passing is such a it's such a clutch for a lot of people. And maybe today is not called passing, but like it's clearly called more like buying your white card. And if you if you insert yourself in a bunch of in some immigrant communities, you will see how some people buy themselves their white card. Because it might for, for some immigrant communities, all it takes is one generation to die out. <laughs> and for all your care, the rest of the family is white. There are some very famous people who lived as, who, who passed in order to be famous. Uh, most recently, was this actress who died, I, I believe, either earlier this year or late last year? And um, she, she was actually black, but for the longest time, no one knew about that until she did an autobiography late in life <laughs> and revealed that she'd been black. Was uh, that Carol Channing? I I think it was Carol Channing. I'm not yes. sure. Yes, I think I think that I I think that was it. Yeah, she she was uh, an incredibly fair-skinned lady. <laughs> and like, yeah, if she didn't tell you you wouldn't know. But the, there's much more nuance to passing today than it was a hundred years ago. Would you, wouldn't you say, Miss uh, Erica? Yes, yes, definitely. I I definitely can agree. There is a lot, a lot of nuances in passing today. So, I mean, I could I could think of a few. I think we had discussed previously a, a few actors and maybe actresses and entertainers and stuff that a lot of people did not know that they were African American or black. So, yes. Definitely, Jojo. Who, off the top of your head, who who do you who can you think of as someone that you maybe were surprised that they were actually either 
black or half black in uh, as fame uh, one of the you know today's people i i honestly off the top of my head i i can't think of anyone i i know that there was a lot of like i i think in the 50s like uh, I think it was Rita Moreno and, and Lena Horn, I, I believe, kind of pushed a little bit more of a, of a, of a Spanish background, if I'm remembering correctly, as opposed to a, an African-American background, yeah. kind of made a, a slightly different story for, for darker skin. As far as anybody knew, I, I can't really think of anybody. I, I do know that you know, growing up, my mom's friends would talk about, uh, you know, like, uh, like her black friends would talk about, you know, oh, such and such as daughter, she could pass and, uh, you know, such and such as cousin, she could pass and, and that kind of thing. And so I, I did know what passing was from a pretty young age as a white person be, because of my mom's, my mom's black friends talking about people passing. Who could pass and who couldn't? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So come to mind, and here's the, here's the crazy thing. This girl, for instance, this singer, she could pass, but she never attempted to pass. In fact, she when she she was the first she she like flat out revealed that she was she called herself a black woman. And a lot of people thought that thought that in fact she was pulling a, a dollar's out. <laughs> and it's uh, the singer Halsey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. You remember, yes, you exactly remember that, what I was right? Thinking of you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She called herself a black woman. She was in an interview and she was mm -hmm. talking about how, like, when she was dating dudes and stuff, and they would say, like, they would, they would say, like, certain aspects of your, you know, nudity looks like a black woman. And she'd be like, that's because I'm black, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, she, she didn't attempt to pass. In fact, what she received was a bunch of pushback from the black community thinking that she was pulling a, a, a dolezal as opposed to, yeah, no, 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 no. She is black, right? So let's talk then about the movie itself. I think this story is, as, as Jojo describes it, through the eyes of 1920, is reveals who is dabbing versus someone who has assumed an identity. And I don't know which, which of it is more dangerous, but the one thing I could notice is that I love that the, the story is set in, in the north of the United States in the 1920s. Because we've always had this weird view that Northern United States has never been racist. <laughs> I remember Chris Rock has a piece on one of his comedy stand-ups where he said, like, everybody thinks that as soon as you reach Philadelphia, everybody's like, hey, welcome, <laughs> niggas. <laughs> Which, if you actually, like, I think it was NPR did a study, and the if you if you look at, at people who are holding public office, the the most racist town or, or city in America is Boston, Massachusetts. Yes. So. Yes. That's yeah, pretty far north. He <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be any farther. <laughs> but but I, I like I like that that it took place because it's easy and even tiring to 
to have you know the the South as the backdrop of of, of racism. But I was glad to see that all that happened within that story took place in Northern United States. So that was for me the, the first point because because if you've never read the book, but you're watching the movie, you realize that this wasn't, there, there was no easy way to be black in the United States, period. There is no easy way to be black in the United States, even today. But, the, but 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 furthermore, there wasn't an easy there wasn't an easier way of being black in the United States, whether you were in the North or in the South. Your thoughts, Miss Erica? Well, you know what I was thinking when you said about the different regions and stuff. From what I've always been told, and what I found is that in the South, they pretty much let you know that they don't like anybody black or Hispanic or Latino or anything of that nature. But in the north, it's pretty. They don't. You don't. You can't. You don't really find out that much. That well, it's not as blatant. But I mean, it's probably the tides is probably changing. But in the south, they definitely let you know that they you're not wanted here. But in the north, it's more kind of covert a little bit. You have yes. to kind of figure it out. That's yeah. what I've always found. Right, and and it's it's, it's that thing of like here in the south. You know where not to go. <laughs> you know what places not to frequent, and you know who's against you. You know who's who's friendly. Whereas in up north, you find out the wrong way. And uh, I think you know there there are thousands of stories in that respect. But for me, when when I moved to the United States, I lived in New York, and I started to realize right away that New York is actually, in terms of social interaction, is one of the most segregated places in this country. And it is, and it happens, it's, it's such a normal thing. It's not like everybody is consciously saying or uh, segregating, but rather it's a normal thing. So, so the idea that the North is like, the bed, bedrock of, of acceptance, a legend, if you will, but a, a false one. <laughs> right, Jojo? I, uh, I was going to speak to to something Miss Erica said, and I, I hope this comes out right. <laughs> but when I, because I, I grew up, you know, further north, and uh, I personally did not grow up in a, a racist household, and uh, I really didn't know very much about racism until I got out of my house and got to be older and then realized people were different than I'd been raised as a child. But when I got to the South, when, when I moved, when my husband and I, when we first moved to Charlotte, I was in shock by the way white people talked to me because I don't think I had lived in Charlotte for less than a month and a white coworker dropped the n-word to me in reference to another black coworker I don't say and i about fell out of my chair because i i i'm not <laughs> i i sincerely hope and i if i i've never given the impression that i would be okay with that that that, that was fine <laughs> That, that, you know, I, I would, or that I was just, I, I, 
I couldn't even, I, that's really the only way to put it is I couldn't even. And, and I realized that the only reason she was saying that to me is because I was white. And so she, right. she didn't know me at all. Like I had worked with her for less than an hour yeah. and she drops the N word in reference to another coworker. And so she, she genuinely did not know me at all. And I'm just in, in shock. And I'm like, Oh, she thinks it's okay because I'm white skinned. And she, she, she uh, I was in shock to that. Whereas Further north, people would kind of, as Miss Erica said, sort of like feel you out, yeah. if that is, like to see, oh, let's see if she'll laugh at the racist joke. Right. Or, you know, let's see, let's see if we can slip this past and see how they act. And your reaction to it would genuinely make people be like, oh, Jocelyn doesn't, that's, you, you don't do that in front of Jocelyn. Right. Or and, and, uh, in front of other people, it would be like, oh, it's okay. You know, we can do that in front of Ryan. Ryan will laugh all day long. But it it just the difference in that was was shocking to me just for just you know a few hundred miles apart really for in the way it was because in Maryland you didn't walk up to another white person and just drop the n word and be like hey that that n word you know Tina over there I can't believe what she just said to me excuse me what yeah. I mean even the most racist people would wait until they'd felt you out a little bit to do that kind of thing so I. I, I hope that all came out right. No, 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 it's a very, it's a very different, it's a very different way of being racist. But you know, it's 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 like, like the way anyone from the Caribbean islands who've lived in in England will tell you, like, yeah, it's not United States racism, but it's still racism. <laughs> They're just polite. <laughs> Yeah, racism is racism is racism. It's just different ways of expressing it, I guess. Or it's all bad. Yeah. I was going to say the funny thing about that is um, she had no clue. Even though you know you're white, she had no clue. Possibly you would have been African American, just like how it played out in the movie. You know, he, the husband, had no clue that his wife and his wife's friend were black. And he just, you know, talked freely. What if your coworker had no clue that you possibly could have been black? And she was saying all these different things to you. You know, that's the that's the funny and the sad thing about all of this. And another thing I was thinking about, too, one thing for sure, as far as the North and South are concerned, the things that do still exist are the sundown towns all over the United States of America. So that's the scary part. You know, those still exist to this day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. That, that's absolutely yeah. true. The sun. And, you know, this is something actually, and I know that, you know, I'm going a bit tangential here, but this is something that I, I actually discovered the reality of it, maybe, with a Lovecraft country. Because I had read about sundown counties and I could never figure out exactly what happens to you. Like, okay, well, what happened to you if you get caught there, right? But I remember the first and second episode of Lovecraft County. I'm like, holy shit. They go to this to that extent? Like, seriously? You've got to yep. get out. You've got to get out. You cannot yep. be here. Like, what mm -hmm. the hell, man? You so, are not welcome here. <laughs> that's insane. But yeah, I like that you brought up the the how free 
the husband felt yes uh, like he could speak around somebody who i mean although she's passing she's clearly of darker skin than the, than than his wife and that's number one and the second thing is the nickname oh my god seriously dude yes yeah the nickname that yes. was shocking it was shocking to me in two ways in that he felt like he could say that and second that the wife as a passing person actually allowed it because i don't think that would have given up anything by saying look man don't don't call me that seriously do not call me that that's it i don't like being called that i don't want to be called that i don't think it's nice i don't think in school just stop you know and and i could see why then rainy is it irene was so perturbed by by the whole thing but again getting back into the movie i want to i want to ask this is it possible that someone would sacrifice their own happiness the sense of self that much or do do you think that the author mr graham as you called as you called him mr erica do you feel like the author took a bit of liberty into presenting this reality or it may have been been like that at some point do, do, do you think do you think here we ha- there's a discrepancy in what in how easily somebody could pass versus how wrong it could go for anyone in that era i think so i mean and it's the the sadness in it is that she felt her life as a black woman wouldn't be acceptable enough so she thought possibly if i pass as a white woman my life will be so much better but how would it actually be so much better you know was she still was not happy in the marriage her husband was traveling all the time he wasn't home a lot doing business so what was so terrible about her wanting to be black and her claiming now that she wanted to pass as white because she thought her life would be so much better and now it was the old adage is you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side and she found that out you know and that's yeah. the sad part but i think uh, as far as the author was concerned possibly he also referenced in previous books as far as how african americans have to be portrayed as being docile and not aggressive in order to, you know, be acceptable in the work society and stuff. So that kind of translates to I think that's what he was speaking of in reference to being uh docile and being not not aggressive as far as the workplace as far as life is concerned, but I felt a sadness for her that her life was so miserable and unhappy that she thought passing for white will be her life will be so much happier. And then she found out, no, it wasn't going to be happy and it wasn't happier. You know, she could have just been a black woman the whole time and her life would have been so much easier and so much happier. At least that's kind of what I, I gathered from it. Right. That's, that is true. Jojo, uh, do you think the encounter with Irene was what awoken this sense of I could have gotten this? I, I could have been there. I could have been this as opposed to what I am today. It, it seemed to me that, that the encounter with Irene, that meeting Irene and, and having, you know, her past relationships come back really made Claire 
realize what she'd given up and for how little she she'd given it up for cuz there there was a line where they're talking about their children and and Irene says that you know her her children are are dark and Claire says something like I, I'll never go through that again I spent 9 months scared to death that she was going to come out dark and to me that was that was very telling that the, this woman had given up so much to to be white, to pass for white. And I mean, she she couldn't enjoy being pregnant with her daughter or, or look forward to having her child because she was terrified she was going to come out the wrong color. I, I just it was it was she gave up so much at, at what cost. And I think that the the realization that that Irene had a lovely life and uh, you know a loving husband and and children was was something that kind of pushed Claire into realizing what a mistake she'd made. Yes, let let, let me pose this question to the table as I do all the time. And Miss Erica, you may take the turn first, and then I want to hear what Jojo has to say. Is the author here? Uh, speaking to self-hatred on one hand and racism on the other hand? Or is the author creating sort of like an indictment of one, self-hatred as a black person, two, racism, and three, colorism? Because that part comes to play once Irene becomes a part of the circle, and I want us to go into that. But when the author is writing this book, and this book is about passing, but it's about so much more than that, do you think these three elements here are being indicted, or it is merely a review of how life was back then? I think it's a form of self-hatred. It has to be, because uh, we didn't really get too much of a background, what Claire's life, what made her decide that, you know, her life would be better on the other side or supposed the other side. But I think it is a form of self-hatred, self-hatred in her color. But sometimes it just depends because even within the Black community, as far as we're referencing colorism, a lot of uh, lighter, fairer, lighter-skinned African-Americans weren't accepted, you know, within the community because a lot of people, you know, would say that, oh, you're just trying to be white, not saying, not thinking, say, well, this is my actual color. This is my skin. Oh, you think you're better than all of us because your hair is a little bit straighter than ours and your skin is a little bit fair. So why don't you go to the white side? So they go to the, you know, try to pass for white. They're not accepted as really as being white, especially after they found out. So it's they're kind of stuck in the middle, you know, not accepted by their own community. And then on the other side, not accepted by the definitely not accepted by the other community. So it's kind of a, you know, they're stuck. So, yeah, yeah. I I have heard some testimonies about not being able to fit uh, one way or the other. And uh, you you, you touch on 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 a very important point here. I'd like to hear what you have to say about this one. I think that the the overall message I think is of it's it's colorism, it's racism, and it's it's classism as well. 
I think that you could take into account too that Irene, you know, she was she was comfortably upper middle class and she was married to a doctor. And it didn't sound like from what I was understanding that they came from quite the same background that Claire had maybe um, not come from quite as as affluent a background. And so I, I sort of felt like that there the not uh, the the adaptation, the, the movie was speaking to sort of the, the difference in class too, and then the difference of of ways people would be treated for for their their education level or their their money level. And it so I I do think I, I think that that was part of it too. So I, I, I feel like that the, the novel is, is must be very, very, very complex and that there's just so many different, so many different things that are being addressed here that, you know, I, I, I you could probably watch the movie three or four times to be able to get all of the different nuances that are going on. So the reason I pose this question is one, because I, I do think that, uh, as Jojo says, it is possible that Irene may have come from a family that pushed more classism than than even the theme of color, because Irene was incredibly against even the conversation of color. When, especially of not color necessarily, but racism, racism. Uh, Irene, Irene did not want to address that. It was sort of like bury your head in the sun type of thing, because this is not us. This is, this won't happen to us. This is not us. And this is not a reality that we are going to acknowledge. But at the same time, she had no problem talking about race because she had built herself, as, as Jojo said, quite a, the, the social bubble in where she was important in terms of status, social status, and she was rubbing skin with a lot of with a lot of people that she considered important, but the husband was really like, "Look, man." And in, in, in he was right. It was a time where if he picked up and left to and, and went to I don't know to 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 the Virgin Islands as a doctor with his family, he would have been from upper middle class to like the the top of the elite class of, of any island that they migrated at the time. But Irene was like uh, singing two tunes in that respect because, again, she wanted the luxury of being, as the husband called it, <laughs> the New York Negro League. <laughs> and also whenever things kind of got a bit too out of hand, then she wanted out. So it's a complicated dynamic that we see here. And it still goes on till today. Because sometimes I'm one of those who my number one advice to everybody is like, if you can get dual nationality, fucking get it. <laughs> if your mom is from somewhere and your dad is from somewhere and you were born in the U.S., get three passports, son. Because you never know when you're going to need to get the hell out of here. That's I'm still saying that because I know it for a fact. I know I've got options. I know my son's got options. You know, well, my wife will will take her with us. You know, 
We ain't gonna leave her here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll take her. We'll take her. We'll bring her along. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you can come. Yeah, you can come too. <laughs> we ain't gonna leave you. I'll take Georgia too. You know, Georgia okay. has two passports. She's got Maryland and uh, uh, United States passports. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have a friend whose whose husband was Canadian, and she said the only reason she married him is so she could have a Canadian passport too. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> she's like the only reason. <laughs> She'd say it in front of him too, which was <laughs> she's like the only reason I married you is for the Canadian. Passport. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Man, that's wrong. <sighs> Very well then. So um, this movie passing. It is something that you should not miss. This is an absolutely fantastic movie. We all give it thumbs ups, both thumbs for me, right? Yes. Jojo, yes. you, both yes, thumbs? Yes, 100%. It was a great, great, great movie. I, I, I look forward to watching it again. I want to watch it I again. I want to watch it again, too. That's true. <laughs> Miss Erica? Yes, I, I loved it. And like you said, I'm going to definitely watch it again. Definitely, definitely. But I rec- I've recommended, I've told everybody that I can think of, white, black, whatever. I told them, watch this movie. You'll get a better understanding of what passing is and what you know, African-Americans had to go through at one particular point in time and still go through till today, you know? Yes, ma'am. That is true. Passing is still around. You know, I have a friend of a Syrian mother and a, of, a, of a white mother and a Syrian father with a last name that sounds slightly Japanese. And you'll never know that, you know what I'm saying? That he's uh, the child of a Syrian. So passing is still is still going on. You know? There's a lot of people in Congress <laughs> that are passing, uh, you know. So, so learn more about passing. But if you know somebody's secret, eh, then just don't put it out there. It's not your place. <laughs> don't snitch. Yeah, don't snitch. be snitching, man. That's right. Very well then. So we have arrived to the point where we are going to call it a day. Uh you can find Jojo on Instagram. Jojo, uh, how do they find you on Instagram? I am KNS co-host. So kicking in streaming co-host on Instagram. Uh yes, that's Jojo right there. Uniquely, uniquely and exclusively on Instagram. So you can't find Jojo anywhere else. Nope. It's uh, the only place I am. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it right there. Uh, Miss Erica is a fantastic friend on Clubhouse. She is even one of our administrators on the uh, Kicking and Streaming Hub on Clubhouse. Miss Erica, if people wanted to follow you, where would they find you? You can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram name is E.F. Starkey. That's S-T-A-R-K-E-E. That's my Instagram name. And you'll see a picture of my lovely, non-paying fur baby, Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. That's my boy, man. <laughs> Mr. Wilson is my guy, man. We've, we've had some several conversations over beer. By the way, he's a cat, so I don't give beer to cats. I drink the beer he talks. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> you will find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mr. Puzzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Uh, on Saturday nights, we have trivia on Clubhouse. 
And uh, tonight is no exception. Tonight we are doing one hit wonder edition of Name That Tune. <laughs> Yay, baby. So we'll see you there. <laughs> and uh, again, once again, the thanks to Miss Erica for joining us today. Uh, we hope you come back. You know, we, yes, we I will. I definitely will come back. And I, I was loving being here both with you, Graham, and with you, Jojo. And I have to say my parting words, go Bucks. <laughs> and with that ladies and gentlemen we are calling it a day thank you very much thank have you. a good one <laughs>